everyone. It is my pleasure to welcome you to another episode of Big Picture series of conversations with our IPN members, our portfolio companies, and industry luminaries. And today it is my honor and pleasure to welcome uh, Ezilarasan Natarajan, or EZ, as he goes by. And you'll know exactly why he goes by that, by the way, in this conversation, um, who is the co founder and CEO of CoreStack one of our star portfolio companies here at Iron Pillar. So it's a, it's a pleasure having you uh, as part of this conversation, Easy. Thank you, MJ, for welcoming me to the uh, you know, a series of uh, conversations with your portfolio companies. I'm happy and honored to be uh, you know, presenting here. Awesome, awesome. So without further ado, let's, let's do this. Let's actually dive in to your remarkable story, um, both on the personal side as well as professionally, and especially getting to you know bringing the founding team together and deciding to launch CoreStack. But rewind a little bit and take us through your journey. How did you get to where you are today? That's an interesting question, and you're making us go back to a decade of journey. Uh, so uh, you know, taking a step back, uh, MJ. Uh, you know, I, I was part of uh, uh, Microsoft building larger uh, cloud uh, platform for the world uh, in the late uh, late uh, 2000s, uh, 2009-10 timeframes. Uh, around that time, uh, you know, AWS was uh, making significant, uh, you know, progress, and Azure as a platform was uh, getting built. Uh, on the other side customers were trying to move from traditional way of consuming technologies, whether it is compute storage network, all the services to the new model of uh, you know, services being offered through cloud form. Uh, there were significant uh, challenges for the enterprises in adopting those technologies. And uh, there were significant, you know, uplift, uh, upliftment happening on the, you know, hyperscale, cloud provider side. Yeah. So there was a need for you know, talent, there was a need for adoption of newer model of computing in the enterprises. Uh, and we saw a gap uh, between what customers need and what hyperscale providers create and provide. And uh, you know, there existed a lot of point solutions that addressed specific problems of you know either planning or monitoring or you know security you know, things of that kind uh, you know between 2012 and 2014 uh, when we were conceptualizing uh, you know core stack hey you no know, there's a need for an intelligent platform that is required at you know mid to large enterprises for them to adopt the technologies and there was nothing that was existing other than this point solutions. Uh, you know, the research analysts, including the IDCs and Gartners, have uh, you know indicated an interesting dimension that's happening in the industry around that time, uh, which included a typically in the North America the the rate at which the CIOs you know change in enterprises is around twenty to thirty percentage on an annual basis. Uh, however, uh, during this transition period between the twelve 2012, 2013, 14 periods, that number was starting to go up to an extent of up to 70 percentage. Mm -hmm. And there was a very clear, you know, 
uh, understanding that there are companies which have taken the plunge into the cloud. Hey, we want to adopt the newer technologies much faster ahead of time before the competition. And uh, there have been compromises, either on the security side, data side, performance side, cost side. And uh, you know that became a reason for the enterprises look for you know newer set of leaders who can come and lead them. On the other side, uh, there were companies which were not wanting to adopt the newer technologies. They were kind of you know resisting the change, which eventually uh, you know took away the velocity and the you know early mover advantage from those enterprises. And those companies, you know, boards and you know their leadership teams have. Uh, started looking for somebody who can come and provide that you know uh, velocity that they need with the newer technology so nutshell you did something with cloud technologies you know you, you didn't do it well enough that the company needs a leadership change you didn't do anything on the newer technology side the company wanted to find a newer leadership and you know we took that as a great weight space opportunity in the market, specifically in the mid to large enterprises. Hey, you know, we're, the, the, the point solutions are solving you know, one or two or three dimensions, but it doesn't solve the CEO's problem. It doesn't solve the CFO's problem. It doesn't solve the CIO's problem. It doesn't solve the chief information security officer's problem. And uh, we felt that you know, we can create an intelligent platform that is focused on business transformation, providing the velocity and enablement that the business needs, abstracting all the complex complexities of adopting a newer technology, right? So you, you, you want to be moving your business forward, not venturing into how do I you know, adopt this technology? So that was our fundamental premises with which uh, you know we conceptualized uh, CoreStack, and uh, you know we saw that as as very clear opportunity space with some of our early customers in the telecom management space, in the you know high tech space, in the healthcare space, and uh, you know the journey started uh, with uh, building CoreStack as a true digital transformation engine for cloud. Uh, with multi-cloud as a promise, uh, you know the, the the reason why I talk about multi-cloud as a promise was uh, you know during the conceptualization periods 2013, 14, 15, uh, multi-cloud was not even a terminology that the market has learned or adopted or accepted. Uh, hyperscale providers didn't like it. Uh, but you know, myself and uh, my co-founders come from uh, enterprise background for the last twenty plus years, and we've always seen enterprises being powered by multiple technologies. You know, whether it is Oracle, VMware, Sun Microsystems, Microsoft. Uh, you know, all these companies you know uh, needed to make a business function rather than one technology being the monopolistic, you know, platform. Uh, so we believed that. The future is going to be cloud. The future is going to be hyper-optimized way of consuming computing uh, in a new model. And it's going to be multiple players, uh, not just one or two players going to be succeeding the game. So we wanted to build an engine which is intelligent enough to adopt this premises and be future ready because the significant 
uh, you know item that we took away from the market analysis when when the you know enterprises were looking for new technology leaders to come and you know propel them was not just on the cost or performance or what you did or what you did not do it is also on the you know digital transformation edge with velocity that they needed you know we need to move faster and the way in which hyperscalers create the technology they innovate faster you know back those days we were talking about 10 to 20 to 30 services each of them provided you know on the computing side database side or you know storage side but today if you really look forward starting from iot to artificial intelligence to you know serverless technologies to containers we are talking about hundreds and hundreds of services and each of them getting an update on a daily basis so the complexity has increased and we foresaw this is going to be the case uh, you know, five to eight years ago when the industry refused to even accept uh, our philosophy. And uh, we went on a journey of building uh, CoreStack as an intelligent multi-cloud platform that will help uh, enterprises gain the velocity, have the visibility, control their cost, be risk-free from a security and compliance angle, and, uh, you know, leverage the platform. So that's how our journey started. Was this after you had started CoreStack or was it still in your previous, um, you know, employer uh, where you were interacting with, let's say, enterprise customers? And that's really the data that you you dove into and those interactions with the CXOs that made you realize, aha, you know, we think there's a need in the space for a company that eventually became CoreStack. So was it after you launched CoreStack or were you doing a lot of this conceptualizing and market analysis, if you will, during your prior um, you know, employment? You know, when we conceptualized CoreStack, we didn't want to become it another point solution provider uh, solving one problem in a deeper way because that was pre-existing or that was existing around that time but it was not solving the business's uh, larger you know challenge or, uh, or the boardroom problems right so it it, uh, it it went on to cost it went on to performance optimization it went on to you know security and compliance so there were larger piece of the puzzle that was being talked in the boardrooms of the enterprises which was not solved by the companies so we understood the demand. We knew the fundamental premise of the hyperscale cloud technologies, what they would solve, what they would never solve naturally. Uh, and uh, the gap between the technology that is being offered and what is being you know, needed. So basically there was a supply and demand gap. And uh, we wanted to build that in a, in a way that is intuitive in a way that is meaningful, in a way that is, you know, providing the velocity and the transformation, you know, uh, uh, upliftment that enterprises need. You know, the, the co-founder, um, you know, dynamic, right? So often when you have, let's say, larger co-founding teams, A, how did, you, how did the four of you come together? And then how did you figure out who was going to do what? What were the roles and responsibilities that were assigned so you're not overlapping and stepping on each other? That was an interesting and easier problem to solve uh, because we all, you know, uh, complemented each other with the, uh, you know, segment of the problem with the talent that we brought to the table, right? So it was very natural, you know, who's going to do what. 
uh, we did have uh, you know uh, one of our co-founders as a CTO who has uh, even architected uh, one of the you know uh, e-commerce majors in the US uh, you know online portal transformation during the mid 2000s. Uh, one of uh, our, our other co-founder, who happens to be our COO and product delivery uh, officer, uh, he has been the most empathetic and, uh, you know, never get angry guy. Right? So even a customer sits on top of his head and beats him down to death, uh, you would never see him lose his patience or lose his cool. So it was very natural, you know, when you're building a software product and that's in the early stages, you are going to get lots of feedbacks, lots of moments that you may not like it, uh, you know, but you had to go and fix it. So you need somebody who is passionate about customer and their success and not really, you know, proud about the technology we have built and continue to defend, uh, you know, hey, we, are, we are building the right technology. So we yeah. split that. Hey, you know, the technology owner is not going to be customer facing and the customer facing uh, person is not going to be, you know, uh, associated emotionally with the technology because we need to build what solves the problems of customers rather than proud about uh, what we are building. Uh, I think uh, th that was a journey and we learned during the process of building it, uh, during the process of, you know, learning from the customers. And uh, there were some emotional moments we, we would, you know, we would we would feel very proud of what we have done, and you know what? It's it's a operation successful patient died scenario. You have great technology, but not creating any value for customers. Right. So uh, you know, I think that became very natural. And uh, the, the the third co-founder was uh, you know extremely good at operations, extremely good at uh, managing people, building teams, dealing with legal scenarios, establishing you know financial operations, and all of that. So it became very natural. As a company, you know, we need to, and especially a, a cross-corridor company between U.S. and India, uh, that skill was naturally required. And I happened to be in the U.S., so I was given the the job that nobody took, and I happened to become a CEO, uh, putting putting the pieces together. And uh, you know, as, as an individual, uh, how I describe myself, MJ is. Uh, I I feel I'm very good at uh, creating or you know, dealing with uncertain and unpredictable scenarios. Though I'm a uh, computer science graduate uh, with gold medalist uh, during the late 90s, I happened to sit on the systems integration side of solving uh, the problems that are typically considered to be a it's less conventional, it's more problematic, it's uncertain. We don't know if we can make an Oracle and Microsoft and some microsystems come together and work together. Will these technologies deliver the outcome? And, uh, you know, I was passionate about solving that. Uh, you know, I, I call myself somebody who go and, uh, you know, bring predictability when there is unpredictability, uh, bring certainty when there is uncertainty. And that's what drives me. Uh, so startup journey is all about you don't know when you wake up the next day what's going to happen. Uh, and, and, you know, we decided not to take uh, money from external investors uh, until we had the first paying customer uh, so that was a bigger challenge and, and bigger uncertain situation because you don't know how long you're going to run. And we did have a limited runway, uh, you know, while we, we as entrepreneurs uh, jumped on to, uh, you know, the true entrepreneurship for the first time in our lifetime, uh, risking all our life's earnings 
you know, the uncertainty quotient is higher and bringing predictability around that was a larger and higher responsible task. And I'm, I'm glad my co-founders believed that I can do that job well. And uh, I'm an accidental CEO on that front. <laughs> Look, I think uh, especially um, in, in, in today's environment when, you know, companies are raising seed and pre-seed and seed primes and whatever else uh, you want to call it in terms of nomenclature that are, you know, what used to be considered a Series B or a Series C investment in terms of 10, 15, 20 million dollars. I mean, it is absolutely remarkable that, uh, you know, you guys all came together and you said, you know what, we're not actually going to go out and raise capital until not only do we have a, a product that's ready, but but we have customer validation. I think that's, that's so rare. Uh, forget about today's environment. It's just rare in tech. Uh, broadly speaking, so so you know, kudos to you guys for uh, you know for pulling that off. But I, I just I can just imagine uh, you have to have the conviction, right? As entrepreneurs, as you said, putting your life savings into you know sort of jumping into this this um, this foray, uh, you know, you you must have had absolute conviction that not only had you identified a sizable market, but you had the absolute right you know, solution to, uh, to fill that gap. I'm just, I'm just curious, just to talk a little bit about what those conversations were like. I mean, was it, you know, late night sort of whiteboarding exercises, or you just knew, you just, uh, you know, you said, said, you just said as a, as a group, let's go do it. You are, you are definitely reminding me of uh, the nights in the same place where I'm sitting here, uh, you know, uh, past midnight conversations, you know, uh, four of us sitting on four walls and, uh, you know, uh, critically questioning uh, each of us. So uh, the reason why we did not choose to go or seek funding in the earlier stage, MJ, we did this market analysis prior to conceptualizing CoStack. And then we conceptualized CoStack, you know, this is the problem that we need to solve. And... Uh, very interestingly, at that point of time, multi-cloud was unknown, not invented, not accepted. When we said we are going to solve the problems of CIO, CISO, and CFO, that was considered as boiling the ocean. You are not, you know, a startup, you know, the typical myth or maybe it is a truth to a large extent. Hey, as a startup, you don't want to boil the ocean to solve multiple problems at the same time. You don't get, you don't become good at anything and you may lost track of where you really want to go. And we did share this thought process, our idea, and what we're going to do with you know, a few investors, some of these market leaders, industry strategists, and even analysts um, with, with whatever contacts we had. Very interestingly, other than our conviction, all the feedback that we received told us we're going to be a disaster if we continue on the path. Yes. And uh, I told you how I, as a person, think. I deal with uncertainty. I deal with uh, you know uh, unpredictability. And when everybody around you thinks that it, it is a problem that you are going to uh, you know meet with a disaster, and this is not the problem worth solving, and multi-cloud is not a reality, uh, you know, our past told us we have been in the industry by then for fifteen years, each of us, so sixty years of enterprise experience were put to test 
by external stakeholders telling us this is not the right uh, right journey that you're starting. And this journey is going to end in disaster. 60 years of enterprise experience told us not just Microsoft powered all the companies, not just Sun Microsystem powered all the companies, not just IBM powered all the companies, not VMware that powered all the companies. Every technology was needed to power the top 60% of uh, companies in the world. And we were very, very uh, convicted about that thought process. So, you know, if, if the last 20, 30 years of technology world needed multiple players to make them successful, yeah. the world is not going to change to you know, uh, a model where there's going to be one player take all. Uh, and unfortunately, at that point of time, uh, I don't know why the ecosystem of people could not see that, uh, did not advise us to do. So when uh, we had that kind of scenario, what was important for us was proving to ourselves whether we are right in our conviction or is the world is right. And we don't want to be proved wrong too late in the game. And we took life's risk of putting our personal you know, wealth at, at building Costack. Mm -hmm. And that also means that you know what is going to be our future. So we wanted to wake up every day with a fire in the belly to disprove what the external world believed and what we believe can be achieved uh, and to make that possible, uh, this is precisely what I said in the four walls here in the room, we were standing each other, uh, how well are we going to pull this together? And the common alignment agreement was, we will not take money until we prove our idea and the value that we're going to create for customers is meaningful. And this is exactly what the customers want while they are not stating it today. Yeah. Uh, you know, so. How do we create that belly fire for us uh, was uh, not taking investor money until we have the first paid customer who leverages our value and tells us that, guys, you've created uh, something meaningful for us. And it took uh, about 18 months for us to get that first feedback, uh, first customer where we have not sold where we ask the customer to experience and give feedback and the customer comes back and tells easy, you know, this piece of software you've given as, is, is giving us tremendous value. We want to pay you. Can you add additional capabilities? And that was the litmus test. Uh, until such time, we consciously decided to not take money from anyone else. Uh, we wanted to wake up every day and disprove uh, what the world was telling us that we are running against a disaster. That's an absolutely amazing story uh, in, in, in my mind. And, and one of the things that I always tell folks when I talk about Corestack and about you is that you have built a, a remarkable company and it's one of the most capital efficient you know, enterprise software or SaaS companies that I've ever come across. Right, so even historically speaking, you've really not raised a, a, a lot of capital to get to a point now where you've got global market penetration, and we're not going to get into the numbers or anything like that at this point. But but just for the audience, I mean, talk about um, maybe if you can some of the examples, whether it's you know, and what sort of ROI have you been able to deliver? Uh, you know, for your customer, uh, customers across, you know, FinOps, SecOps, and 
and CloudOps as, uh, as I think CoreStack now describes their offerings. So over a period of time in the last three to four years, specifically after running our first customer who told us they really see the value and, and we call it as cloud governance overall and the elements of uh, FinOpsSecOps and, and CloudOps, which solves the problems of CIO, CISO, and the CFO in enterprises. Uh, typically, from a you know cost operations standpoint, which is the most critical item for uh, CFOs or even how CIOs and CISOs are measured, uh, we have seen across the board, across all segment of customers, we have customers from education to banking to healthcare to manufacturing to gaming to media to high tech, uh, across all, all hundreds of customers, uh, we have been able to deliver anywhere from 30 to 60 percentage of uh, you know, uh, cost benefits uh, based on the maturity and the volume or the scale of technologies or you know, hyperscale uh, consumption that was happening uh, in those enterprises. Uh, the highly mature companies who thought that there's nothing more to save, uh, we've been able to demonstrate 30 to 40% value uh, creation, uh, whereas in, in less matured companies, uh, our savings of, uh, you know, what Coastack was able to deliver to them was somewhere in the 50 to 60% order. Uh, that's on the cost or CFO's uh, angle. Uh, from a, a CISO's angle, uh, our promise is, hey, you know, with Coastack, you can be 100% preventive with respect to compliance and security. So you can have under the sun any regulatory requirement like the HIPAA, SARS, SWISMA, FedRAMP, you know, all of that. Or you may be an enterprise across multiple geographies have to deal with culmination of standards, which may be an enterprise grade standard the company must have created, taking best from multiple you know, standards. And Costack promises to deliver that preventive, predictive compliance at any given moment. Mm -hmm. uh, the challenges that has happened, you know, with many large enterprises on the banking sector, telco sector more recently, would not have happened uh, had it been for Costack's, you know, uh, SecOps capabilities uh, with respect to the clouds that are being consumed. As we come to to the uh, end of this conversation, which has been absolutely delightful, uh, maybe you can weave in uh, a little bit about sort of fundraising, your relationships with your early investors, with you know Iron Pillar, with me, and 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 what that experience has been like, and again, uh, what your suggestion might be to entrepreneurs as they're thinking about uh, you know selecting. Uh, you know, their respective investors? I, I can answer the second part of the question much easier. Uh, you know, working with Iron uh, Pillar, you specifically, MJ, and all our other investors, uh, we've had the fortune to work with, uh, you know, investor from Bay Area for our seed series, investor from, uh, you know, uh, Dallas for our Series A. Uh, so, you know, uh, I think what we considered most important was the value alignment and uh, you know uh, how we collectively going to address the problem space uh, and the ability to move the needle together with the larger support system that can come together. While we had many investors coming to us and you know uh, exploring relationships, 
uh, our premise and thanks to you as we have talked multiple times you know you believed in the space you believed in uh, you know how the world is going to transform you believed in what costag is doing is going to create the tremendous value and that's precisely we have seen with uh, our other early investors as well and wherever we didn't see that uh, there were investors even market leaders and you know very marquee investors by the way i'm not surprised that Forstack has won as many accolades and awards, uh, you know, People's Choice and Stevie's and, and you know, all the analysts are after you, uh, trying to put you in, in different, you know, up into the right sort of quadrants. Um, I look forward to, you know, many more milestones and, and you know, positive bits of news that, that the world will hear about as well. But uh, I'm, I'm just humbled to be uh, along for the journey. So, so thank you for giving Iron Pillar and thank you for giving me the opportunity to, um, you know, to be to be an investor and 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 now a friend uh, to you and the rest of the Corestack team. Thank you, MJ. Uh, nice to be here and sharing uh, some of our uh, journey. And uh, looking forward to you know move forward. 